Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Explicit Measures podcast with Tommy, Seth, and Mike. How's it going? It's uh, it's a Thursday. We're we're rocking and rolling again. Back in it with another topic. Any uh, two main differences? Seth smiled, and I didn't look left. Thanks. Boom. So we're really spicy. We're crazy. Up. I was actually I was actually kind of thrown off this morning, but I was like looking yeah. at this going. Everyone's actually looking at me for once. This is crazy. We're all smiling. <laughs> we smile when you smile, Mike. Exactly. But we try. We try. Yeah. I know what I know what a a, a silent hand slap looks like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, hey, glad you guys are paying attention when we go live. <laughs> you know, it should be our thing from now on. We should all be doing something really weird, like, you know, you know, picking your face, looking off in the sky, just just never oh, oh, oh hello. You know, we actually showed up here. <laughs> like, oh right. Ra- oh yeah, just randomly showed up on YouTube. Like <laughs> So unplanned to find you guys all here, you here yeah. at this time with your coffee ready to go. And microphone. Couple uh, yeah. uh you know, let's call it a couple quick hitters here, I guess, on the announcements or news things that are coming across the wire here. Uh the I guess it's June, the June Power BI desktop is now officially out. There's a blog post about it right now. A um, couple things that pique my interest, the new format pane, whether you like it or hate it, is now <laughs> generally available. It is out, is officially uh, live. And uh, the other one that I think I would point out is there is now a new button. Your, your data connectivity and preparation now can connect directly to a data mart. So right from PowerBI.com. So that has been updated as well. Anyways. There's also a connector update for Azure Databricks. And Databricks has a brand new connector, which is interesting. So I'm gonna have to play around with those because I use I use Databricks quite heavily. I guess they're pushing the data march thing. I, I, no, that's just <laughs> supporting it fully. Uh, yep, yeah. agreed. Um, you can't let that thing get released and not have support. They've actually they've actually been incrementally updating the the Databricks connector. Hmm? Just kind of it, it's usually way at the bottom of the blog. But so this one's more prominent. Like they they have a brand new one, or it's just another big enhancement to it. Well, they're, they're, they said there's you know. there's two updates. There's an Azure Databricks connector update, so Azure mm-hmm. connection only yep. is an update. But they said there's a brand new connector for Databricks. Oh, like an independent. Yeah, like so it can work in other work from other ecosystems. Sounds like it. it. Says authentication with AWS or OAuth yeah. on AWS yeah, Preview. AWS. Yeah. So that's so the AWS version. Yep. That's cool. Now we're, there are no updates on Databricks in the blog article. I didn't see though, except for the desktop connection to it. Yeah. It's just connection. It's not like Databricks okay. updating things. Yeah. Databricks is updating stuff independently. They're, I think they're right. on like version 11 now. That's crazy what they're doing. But um, yeah, seems like there's a, little, a couple other connection updates there as well. No, there are no Data Mart updates. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, you said data bricks, and I was like, "Well, yeah, because it, it's, it's not really a Microsoft yeah. tool." But yeah, you go read the <laughs> Azure blog, guy. Like, yeah, yeah. exactly. So no major data mart updates, but you can connect to it now. Even though technically you could before, just it was under the Power BI data sets. Interesting. Well, I we're, we're splitting hairs there. I didn't know this, but I'm looking at the blog right now. There's actually a whole section for embedded analytics, which I believe that's Power BI embedded. I, there's like a five feature releases. They're talking specifically around embedded stuff. I didn't even know they were doing like announcements it's, around embedded always, release stuff. They have a segment, yeah. Maybe they added a little bit more detail this month. There's some things like yeah. support for embedding paginated reports with single sign-on, support for passing report parameters to paginated reports in JavaScript with the SDK. I I I pl- 
I'm very in tune with the embedded stuff because I do that a lot. And so I'm always looking to see like what Microsoft is producing so I can connect more things up to the, to the API level. More metric updates too. So, which is again, AKA every, goals, AKA, AKA goals, goals, AKA goals, metrics, AKA metrics, AKA metrics. So <laughs> whatever they want to call it. Yes. Um, but the big one, well, there's, I think, two major ones. One is you can now set a goal as a categorical. It doesn't have to be a number. Which oh, is cool. Yeah. Interesting. So I'm going to figure out how to set up your data model to do that. It just If you're like, good, great, that's your goal. Hopefully that's <laughs> not your goal. but Okay. Well, I don't know. Measurement. Yeah. What's the difference between good and great? Right. Maybe that, maybe that a needs lot a of little refinement well, there. We always need it, that's for sure. So <laughs> Instead of getting letter grades, we're going to give you just random, you know, and right. scoring well, something wasn't wasn't there wasn't there a book about that from good to great or something i'm sure that's the title of a book but <laughs> i don't know what the book you're talking about <laughs> I'll, buy, I'll buy that for you Tom. okay thanks yeah. in the mail one of 1000 book titles yeah, that probably right. have that self-help book yeah now seth from you've got an, you, in the kitchen yeah you've got an interesting topic here you were kind of working around with some api stuff that you thought was kind of interesting yeah dovetailing off of some of the uh, original work and I, sh man, I should have prepped up uh, who, who specifically, but I know there were a couple tutorials on how do you execute refreshes out of uh, ADF um, into models. But hmm? if, if people aren't aware, there were some pretty big REST API improvements um, yeah. uh, that were announced. And you can check that on the Microsoft blog on June 2nd, I think. And uh, one of the biggest ones was not only like executing a refresh has been possible for a while, but one one of the bigger ones that has always been painful is once it's going, how do you stop it? Yes. Right? And there's yeah, yeah. there's actually a cancel and in progress operation um, that's supported in the REST APIs now. So as I've been digging into and ensuring that like we're setting up um, pipeline to finish model to execute as opposed to having timings kind of overlap and you miss miss data refreshes and things like that hmm. um been digging into and, and seeing a, a lot of improvements so you can uh, grab the, the status mm -hmm. you know, well, lots of capabilities well the whole thing uh, that the, they've added when you could when you started a refresh so like for for example i think when you kicked off a refresh i think it was from the service i believe i'm not sure if it did the same thing when you kicked mm -hmm. it off from an api but the when you said go, Power BI would try to refresh the data set and it would go for a period of time and it has an automatic timeout of two hours. So if, if your data set takes longer than two hours to refresh, it says, sorry, we're out of time and it, and it kills it and says it fails it. But the thing, the system has an automatic retry three times. So you could get a refresh that tries to last for six hours, but it's doing the same refresh three times, essentially. And there was, there was really no cancel refresh api endpoint so everyone had all these kind of hacks like you had to like go into like the xml yeah. endpoint and you had to like force it to do this single thing with this command script and then it would stop and then you had to do it two more times so you actually had to fail it three times for it to actually completely stop what it was doing but yeah. the only way you could see all that was like if you were looking at like the tracing of the endpoint or you know sql profiler and watching the system and what it was doing so you could actually see like oh it's actually stopping <laughs> working as opposed to yeah. So this is a much better solution where it's like a it's also it seems so yeah. duh like yes they're, they're also they're also directly supporting 
refreshing of individual tables and partitions, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. there's some, there have been some really creative solutions that have been put out there, I think, by a couple of MVPs around using PowerShell commands and uh, things to make that work without it. But this is, this is, I think, one of those, as the tool is enhancing, they're innovating and, and making some of those harder to do workarounds just part of the platform. Yeah. Right? So um, lot, lots of good stuff in there. I'm putting some links to some other documentation. There's a, a documentation page around enhanced refreshing with the Power BI REST API. So giving you kind of like the, the detailed documentation, batching commits, table and partition level refreshes, applying incremental refresh policies, which for me, I think the nugget here for me is apply the incremental refresh policy because that applying the policy doesn't refresh all the tables. So if you have a data set and you want to push it to the service, you can call the endpoint for apply incremental refresh policies, which just makes the partitions and that's it. And then what you can do once you have that, then you can hit refresh and only if you have an incremental refreshing table, it'll only load the table based on the incremental refresh identified policy. So if you have, you know, two years of data and you're partitioning by month, this simplifies that whole example, that whole example. So it's much, it's much easier to consume. Can it be triggered by something in terms of like all your data sets that are currently refreshing, or do you have to call a particular data set every time? I think this is going to be data set by data set specific okay. <clears throat> because you're actually producing, I believe I'm looking at it. Yeah. When you look at the, the, the base URL that they're providing, you have to provide it the group number and the data set ID. Okay. So it's group and data set ID that you would need to uh, use yeah. to do that. We have a process running in for one of our clients where we have like 15 data sets that need to refresh at the end of a Azure Data Factory pipeline. And so we we don't use this API because it wasn't really out at the time. We use some other stuff that Microsoft provided to us, but we use an API where we trigger the data set to refresh and we have to manually log in all of the data sets that we want to refresh. And then the pipeline runs, does all the Databricks things up front, and then at the end it says, okay, we're done go get the data and refresh the model. And then we can trigger these data sets to refresh and then, then it will yeah. load everything in, into memory. Yeah, because I'm looking for a better solution. Right now we use Power Automate and the emails that you get for failures. And it basically triggers off a flow to like update a Slack oh, channel to gotcha. say, hey, this was up, this was broken. Oh, interesting. This, yeah. That's yeah. cool. So, but the only thing is you have to specify every, like the email subject line and what the data set is. So each one that you want, not necessarily everything in a workspace, which would be interesting. That would be cool. Yeah. And another thing I was, uh, I got a request around. Do you guys know of any, where would I find like the, where would you guys put logging for when any data set failed anywhere in your tenant? Do you have like a, like, where would you guys look for that information? I know there's logging. I know you can go into the yeah. log analytics for Power BI and that will log everything that happens to Power BI, no matter what. And I think you can put alerts inside that system, maybe, but are there other places you guys are would you go find? real time? Maybe, maybe not. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Like we use PowerShell and the API for the refresh. So when we and I actually have like a Power Automate desktop that runs the activity. Yeah, it runs the users with licenses, and then it runs the refresh for every workspace and iterates over it, pulls into CSV, updates the report, so I can actually see like the previous week the refresh by workspace by data set. But it's not real time. So you don't. But you don't. You're, so you're not using the scheduled refreshing from PowerBI.com. You're basically running no. all that. Independently? This is the history. This is the history. Oh, you're pulling the history of things. Gotcha. Right. Okay. Right, right. So, you, and once a day, you're doing that. No, I, I open every desktop file on my computer. 
<laughs> refresh. And then and then publish them all that. directly from desktop. Yes. I, there was a time, <laughs> there was a time where all of our connections were ODBC back in like 17. And that's what it, the gateway didn't work. So that's what we had to do every morning. Wow. Yeah. Yuck. Yeah, this will be this is kind of the next evolution for me, but we'll like we'll probably try if 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 everything is planned out with us getting engaged with REST API, um, we'll probably try to pull the, the refresh history through there. What systems are you gonna use? Are you just gonna use are you gonna create your own application to kind of like in a sense pull, extract that information Man, or we'll we'll see. The, in, the intent here without without getting um too far in the weeds. Without having yeah having done it yet right is <laughs> you should be able to execute all these things via adf yeah yeah yep correct well i know who's doing the next user group meeting <laughs> when, I, when, I, when i get it all set up <laughs> february 2024 we, we, <laughs> oh, wow we were, we were just talking about August. we were just talking about how how much sarcasm is used <laughs> those two comments right there are like amazing there's like so much sarcasm being thrown back and forth incredible you didn't get that joke because you don't understand sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Awesome. Well, let's jump into some of our, our main topic today. Uh, I think this is a good good transition. Unless there's anything else. Any, any other uh, kind of openers, things that are like, interesting on your mind? Okay. So I think we're good. Let's jump into our, our, our topic of the day. Uh, talking kind of around implementation usage scenarios for Power BI. So this is going to be an interesting topic. Tommy, you found this article, um, and we'll go grab the article and stick it out here for everyone to, to read so they can see what's going on here. Actually, I think I've got it here. I'll try and drop, drop this into the chat window. Give us some, uh, give us some background, Tommy. Like, what's, uh, what's your thought for this topic? So I don't want to get credit for finding this article because I think everyone has found this article. It's on Microsoft's documentation. Again, the two most amazing people we talk about, Melissa Coates and Matthew Roach. Mm -hmm. are the authors of this and we've talked a heck of a bunch about the are adoption. they though are they though like if we're gonna credit let's let's How... credit there's a single contributor to all of this article who is peter myers peter myers so pretty sure I... peter's been heavily engaged in a lot of this documentation and output i'll i will concede that without having any skin in the game but <laughs> Yes. Well, I do see Matthew Roach's face in the first article in a YouTube video. Under introduction. But he may just Under be calling him out. Yeah. 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 So the three of them, Peter Myers, Matthew, Ro Matthew Roach, Melissa Coates. This goes on the heels of the adoption planning articles that we have dived into a heck of a bunch. And this is really about, okay, we've talked about data culture. We've talked about governance. But there's that whole other blueprint side of this where how do you actually in a sense, now get your system to work or that culture to work or how are you actually going to roll out Power BI, not necessarily externally, which is what the adoption planning is about, but what systems and process are you going to put in place for your team, for yourself to, in a sense, connect the data, deploy your reports. And it really dives into, I think, about six different scenarios like team BI, self-service BI, yes. enterprise BI. I think it's good to I think it's good to segment what these things mean and define yeah. them in a various areas. Cause I think this I think when we talk about like, oh, everything should be governed this way, or oh, we should have a process about this. I think these types of you know business lines or implementation directions 
really influence your lens on how you think you should build right. whatever the, the whole power bi environment i really like these it's, yeah keep going tommy this is good i don't know i see that matthew's on so well, seth why don't you kind of bring, <laughs> bring up the rear <laughs> no pressure no pressure man oh, no pressure sudden. are you gonna cast it over yeah um, uh, i spoke enough I think in general, you know, the, the the same way that we spent a bunch of time on the adoption roadmap, um, the time spent in these articles and documentation to just kind of review them uh, and point them out is is where there's a lot of value, right? So, in in going through this, you know, the the, the top areas, right, are kind of content collaboration and and delivery, right? Because there there are multiple facets of the yeah. Power BI ecosystem. And it's really easy for us to talk about report writing, how, like best practices, ways in which we share, et cetera, because we're taking, I think, a lot of our experiences doing implementation. Um, but this type of conversation is great because it, it takes a step back and it kind of forces us to reevaluate like all of the different pieces, right? Like here's a structure that's been laid out to help those that aren't as familiar right, or don't have the experience of implementing a bunch of different solutions in different environments with an idea of what are all the pieces? Like, what, what do I need to think about as I'm going to launch Power BI into my ecosystem, right? So, you know, the, the two, you know, high level things in terms of the usage scenarios that are pointed out are, like I said, the content collaboration and delivery, and then content management, right, and deployment. So, we've we've kind of outlined in i think the adoption roadmap mm -hmm. that before you go and and build all these areas and and try to engage the business it's it's typically a good idea to have a an idea of the direction that you're headed right yeah because right? if you want people to come along or you want them to um operate in a certain scenario you need to kind of have all your ducks in a row and the this i think takes it into the uh, next level after adoption roadmap, but the same principles apply, right? As mm -hmm. we're talking about how we want to implement a solution or evaluate maybe where our solution is at, um, this this bulk of articles is is a good litmus of just kind of doing one of two things. One, helping guide you, as well as potentially, you know, kind of shining a light on potential problem areas you have within your organization. 100%. With, with the implementation not with people or process. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you talk about the adoption roadmap, the adoption roadmap would talk a lot about like high level, uh, like high level things, right? The center of excellence, the community of practice, what is the executive sponsor and the importance of their role. It was kind of like a lot more of these like overarching themes. You know, how do you manage, like what is, like just defining like the language of what we're talking about when we're talking about selfless service BI. You know, what is content ownership? What does content delivery look like? What, defining what those terms mean because we're probably talking about them but we're not doing a very doing much justice without having like a clear definition of what these things mean for all teams this i think goes down to another level here and so you know kind of walking through the article here that they've got um they talk a little bit about how to use this, these different scenarios like what's the planning involved here um how these scenarios focus on the kind of data culture that you have inside your organization and i think this is an underrated statement here I really like this concept of data culture because no matter where you're at, there is a data culture, regardless whether, and, and it's driven by the people in your organization to 
Do people want to take on the responsibility of building their own reports, or do they just throw everything over the wall to a team that is expected to right. do their stuff? So that that's part of the culture that that lives there. So I think that's really interesting. Um, and then there's they start. Another, there's oh, another point there, though, right? Like okay. You 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 make the you know do I care or do I throw it over the the fence? I think there's a third, which is where a lot of people get stuck and and you even myself right you you it's the you just want to get stuff done and you start implementing with without the strategy right you're not thinking in long terms and by nature what you're doing is mm. creating an inadvertent chaotic environment that you have to go fix at some point as opposed to taking the pressure and despite the pressure taking the moment and and think about where you want to end up and saying, nope, I, I know I have to get this out the door, but spending the half a day to do this is going to ensure that I'm going to do that the right way. Yeah. And in all actuality, Mike, you're really good at this because even as we've worked together, I'm lazy years, is what it boils down to. But well, but that's <laughs> like you say, I'm a lazy engineer, not sarcastic. but it's I hear you're not part. I hear you're not disagreeing with me. You're here. like, I'm about to, I'm about to go launch a production line. Maybe I should have all the pieces of the production line put in place before I start building the product. Yes. And, and you've always been really good at evaluating or pushing back. And um, I think it, it's something that if you can't do it on your own, find a mic in your. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look for him. Yeah. Um, what I, would, I mean, I, I think those are really good points. And I think you're, I think there is something else I'd like from a simple standpoint, right? Let's just talk, let's just think about how do you get better at doing this? Like, let, you know, even you're, what you, I love your point, Seth. And what my mind goes to is someone hears that and goes, oh my gosh, that's a great, that's a great point. But how do I get to that? How do I get to a point where I can slow down and understand how to like build a better mousetrap? So that way, when I walk away, it's complete and it doesn't have to be repaired all the time. And I think for me, how I did it was even when I had mundane or simple requests, like simple things, just pull this data from these systems and put it together, or whatever that, whatever those simple things were, even inside Excel, I forced myself to spend real time learning Power Query inside Excel. And even if I had a very, like I could have gotten to that Excel sheet, I could have opened it up, copy pasted and made my, like it's probably faster because I understood how to do that. But I challenged myself in those very early phases of like learning Power Query and data loading and data engineering to bring those things into Power Query and automate it. And my scenario that I use when I teach my class around Power BI, or particularly the, the ETL portion of Power Query side of things, is even in very simple tasks, at any time you're copying and pasting data between Excel sheets, you should start thinking about spending a little bit of time learning how you would do those data transformations, getting comfortable with Power Query and loading that stuff in. Because more often than not, when you do some sort of one-off analysis or someone in the organization, how often does it come back to you like one week from now? Two weeks from now, hey, can you repeat that? Hey, next month, that was a great report you did. It's a great like we also have a problem again. Like, can you please redo it? So the the number of times I've spent redoing my analysis, and then it, to me it becomes this really clunky process of okay, shoot, what did I do? How did I clean this stuff up? And then it, yeah. I like doing the the process of the automation, and I would spend a little bit more time, but by doing that, as you repeat this over and over again, you become better, faster, more proficient just by default. And then it becomes just part of your normal workflow. And then you could outwork normal people doing like copy pasting stuff over and removing and like doing the manual cleaning. You can go faster than them and then 
when the request comes across next time, you're like, yeah, sure, no problem, it'll be 30 minutes. You, you know, drop the files, pull the files, hit refresh, walk away, get a coffee, come back, boom, data's loaded, and you can go talk to people about your, your analysis, so. Well, the, com the complexity comes because that's that personal side, right? Where I've set up a process for myself for the requests that come to me. But where all of this gets very complex is now when you're dealing with other people on your team or BI is across the team, there's a spread. Yes. How do you, in a, in a sense, keep that, I'll call the Indiana Jones rope of what's the process, what's the source? How do we make sure that we're consistent? I love the- I'm not sure I understand the, the Indiana Jones rope analogy here. So, in, okay. You kind of threw that out so, there and I'm like a little bit lost in that, what that means. Does that sure, mean like- we're I'm sure everybody am, is. Am I swinging across the chasm with a rope? Is that what you're, no. is what you're envisioning here? And I'm, I'm, I'm playing like the, what is that old Actually, game? I'm pretty sure now it wasn't in the movie, but I, any of- <laughs> I'm pretty Maybe sure I'm just making this up on the fly. Make, I'm making this up on the fly. I mean, that's what we do, I'm, though. That's I'm, I'm picking, the pot I'm pick, I'm picking you out here, Tommy. <laughs> yes. So what I mean is going to the jungle, having the rope to identify where you came from. So if oh, you're okay. Yeah. Got it. So it's making sure, like, if you're going down the cave, it's like, how do I actually get back out? Gotcha. So it's basically having your okay. rope, your rope. Yeah. So, and I'm pretty sure again, there is many more not, things happening in Tommy's brain that did not get articulated and I was lost. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of things in Indiana Jones too. So yeah. Yeah. Pitfall. Yeah. Joe, exactly. Exactly. Joe, that's exactly right. where my mind went. My mind went right. to the old video oh. game called Pitfall, where you're swinging on a rope across a bunch of alligators. Uh, yeah. That's where I was thinking. Not what I meant, but <laughs> I, so oh, let's see how this next part goes. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. I, I like the well for what you guys are talking about and reading going through this this series i love the difference between the adoption roadmap and this and what came to me multiple times was if the adoption roadmap was how to build a toy company and how to market it whereas that culture it's that that true source consistency this implementation planning is like what toy are you building yes like what product are you building because very much this is the juice. This is the source of what are we going to be delivering on a consistent basis? Not necessarily the report of the design, but this all yes. comes from it yeah. on how we deliver it. But also if my BI team is spread around, spread out across department or centralized or however your mix is, there should be a consistent way of what are we out? What are we producing? And I don't and more. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't feel like there's, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Um, you're, but I don't feel like there's like these, to me, I look at these things and I read it. The first time I read it through, like, okay, interesting. And then I read it again and I had to go back and take another look at it because there are like high level buckets of this. And I think there are actually ways you can mix and match different portions of this based yeah. on what's, what's happening in your organization. For example, like there's a couple main headers here in the introduction. So if you go into usage scenarios and you go into the usage scenario overview, which is kind of where I'm pulling some of the content here from this one. You can see that content collaboration and delivery, that's, that's kind of one whole area, right? If you're just talking about distributing existing content, you have personal BI, team BI, and departmental and enterprise. These are kind of different modes of how you would distribute the content. Makes total sense. But then there's this concept of self-service BI scenarios. So this is managed self-service or customizable self-service or self-service data preparation or advanced data preparation preparation i can't say words but to me like this makes a lot of sense also because you can have a mix of a team that is regularly producing content collaboration elements 
but then a part of your organization or departments in your organization might be leveraging more of the self-service BI scenarios. And so I, I think these go hand in hand. And then it keeps going on in the article talking about content management. How do you deploy the content, right? So that, that could potentially could be another whole topic by itself. Is there, are there things in your organization that is real time? What, what is real time? I mean, how do we define that? You know, is this just for refreshes per day or are we talking something that needs to happen within a couple minutes? Like what, what does that define as? And then there's this last step here, which I love is super love. This part is the embedding and hybrid scenarios that, that to me, I think there adds a lot of value there as well for organizations about this concept of leveraging the model and the reports and putting them in your existing application. So I felt, I feel like, yes, there were, there were like three, four key topic areas here, but I think these can actually live together at the same time. Well, talk I, to me think, through that. But this is the challenge. I mean, ultimately, for for our listeners, we we just ripped through the entirety of you know the the usage scenarios. Glad you joined us. Uh, thank you. <laughs> and, we're, yeah. and we're done. I, I honestly think you like, should be like, a master yeah. at this now. Uh, yes. So so high high level across these areas. Um, I, let's take our time, right? Even if this turns into multiple podcasts, it I think probably will. A, a wealth of information in here, plus linking that I'd like to follow through. Um, but the 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 point I'd I'd like to make here initially is like this is to me where a, a lot of the the challenges and things that we come up with or talk through come come into play where we're trying to create a data culture in in an organization, right? So you, organizationally, you have to have the, an idea of what these structures are going to support, a process to follow, et cetera. But when the rubber hits the road, i.e. implementation, one of the biggest challenges or areas of opportunity I think we have is how do we engage business users, right? And bring them up to speed and along for the ride, right? Because to me, while like the collaboration and how Power BI gets used in an organization, if we're talking about like personal and team, right? I think is where some of the biggest impact can happen, albeit we talk a lot in departmental and enterprise because that's where a lot, a lot of our work streams go. Hmm. Um, but I, I, wanna, I wanna look at like these two areas, personal BI and team BI, in the context of like the next section of self-service BI scenarios and, and like dive into those areas of bringing some of our expertise and like thoughts around how we train people or bring them, them up to speed as somebody introduces this into an organization. Because I think that's where the, the vast majority of people are going to be is how do I get Power BI to be used more? Mm -hmm. And, and like those those key parts, I guess, are going to be where everybody's going to be stepping in and where I'd like to just kind of spend yeah. a bunch of time. Seth, let me ask you, Mike's scenario with the Excel and doing the Power Query for his users, does that go under personal BI to you or is that the self-service? Excel and Power Query? It doesn't, it so doesn't, fit, it doesn't fit in one of them, though. That's, so if you, Matthew, yeah. Matthew's saying no. some comments here. He goes... If he says there's there's always there will be overlap between these different areas. So if you say Excel and where sure. that sits, right? Well, that is every every time you're doing a, your own analysis, yeah, you're you're squarely in self service. So I would call that that's part of the self 
that's that is a fitting scenario for self-service bi as well as it fits in the content collaboration around personal bi you have a high level of control around the report that you're doing it's kind of in your own ecosystem but when you read through the content collaboration scenarios that you described seth i like the delineation between personal team departmental and enterprise based on the deployment that's happening personal bi is like your pro license you know you use it's private usage it's almost like saying personal bi is like using my workspace or having a dedicated workspace that is just for you you're not sharing with anyone and then team bi is using the workspaces as the creation and content sharing tool so that's like now we're talking about workspaces that everyone can see and view and then departmental units start talking about hey let's talk about what an app is this is where there's a creator team and then there's an app being produced that is distributed to the company and then enterprise bi draws the line between we're now ta not talking about pro users we're not talking about like premium users like dedicated capacity going after embedding um you know high levels of read only consumers lots of readers and then a team that's dedicated around specific things that are creating content and i, I really like the I mean, delineation it's, it's between not those. chronological though what do you let mean me, let me ask let me ask a question here right and, and maybe hopefully this elicits some of where my my thoughts are what what are prerequisites in your mind that you would want to engage a, a company in before you started launching the implementation of Power BI, like content right. collaboration. We can talk yeah. about personal BI yeah. and team BI, right? And the structures within those that, or show people how to navigate the system and what what features and tools to use. But what are the, what, are there any prerequisites, yeah. you know, for, for implementing? Yeah, I, I mean, I think are you right talking, off the bat. Are you talking about like going up the stream here on, on like, I'm not sure if I follow like your question there. So you're saying, the, are there, are there, I'm saying to me, to me, to me, the, the challenge in what, what the, and maybe I'm just in my own world here, which could, couldn't entirely be. Use possible. an Indiana Jones reference for context. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so. Are we swinging on a rope over <laughs> yeah. some alligators? That's what I need to know. I think, I think maybe where I'm drawing uh, or starting to draw a correlation here is the the implementation of personal bi requires upfront training for users to understand how they would go about building reports right are like do we want to dive into that or is it let's just talk about the structures of you know what mm. personal bi looks like for somebody that wants to use it because it's not effective well, 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 unless yeah. you unless you hit that first part, which is do they know how to use it? I interesting. Well, yeah. I think I think your level of effectiveness will vary depending on how competent your team members or their your users of Power BI are. I think so. Part of the mantra of Microsoft is five minutes to wow, regardless. So with very little knowledge of Power BI, it should be fairly straightforward to get some value out of the tool immediately. I would also argue that the more you learn about Power BI, the more you could think about better value being generated by the tool, period. I, I definitely think that's a, a correlated thing. But I don't think this article, to me, in my mind, this is, none of this is, is addressing the general knowledge of the self-service BI individual. This just assumes you roughly know how to get value out of the tool 
And these are just different modes by which you're going to allowing the organization to work in. So I definitely, no, okay. yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Another, I, I was going to say, think of our grow up stories with this. Yeah. This is all the stuff where like back in my day, I didn't have any implementation scenario yeah. guidelines. Like we were just analysts, you know, someone said, Hey, there's a thing called power BI and you downloaded it and you started doing it. Yep. And we had a natural progression to get to this, Yes, but we did not have this roadmap. So think about the, to use your point, the prerequisites, yes. right? I think everyone at, at least from my, my background, everyone downloaded power BI. There was a service we bought licenses and we just started creating reports based on request. It was very individualized. There was not like, Hey, we need to set up a process now. Yeah. Right. When power in 2015 and 2016, it was, Hey, what's this tool? Look at all the cool stuff. Hey, look, I can make the page <laughs> three pages long yeah. and 18 pie charts. And then, over time, the natural mistakes that you would make where, hey, you're reporting leads. Oh, and you're reporting leads and the numbers are different. Uh oh, maybe we should do something about that. The natural, it was a very natural process to get to a point where we need a process. There's, we need to, we need a way to do this. Sure. But we didn't have that, but we still kind of, in a sense, got to it. So, yeah. Maybe I'm missing your question, Seth, so a little bit. Nope, nope. I think I think it's framing, right? Okay. So in 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 our chat, I just posted kind of what I'm looking at, which is the drill into personal BI, yeah, right? which sure. has the diagram of of the analytics for an individual. So if this is the framework, a, a general framework for personal BI and what that looks like, um, maybe where I'm driving is let let's talk about this framework. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Maybe we want to post this in the in the chat. I did already for, for those that are following along. But ultimately, like, let's talk about what are the key components that we would need to convey, train, share with users as we would implement this personal BI kind of diagram. Does that make sense? It does. I, I think when you said though the team, like personally in teams. Well, a team is the next one, right? So it has a little bit more structure about how we're going to, how you would train people to use a workspace, okay. right? But fundamentally, in order for personal BI to work, what are the fundamentals that need to happen? Like, well, I think the, the fundamentals are the individual users need to have some ability to understand what's going on in the Power BI desktop, right? How, how, do, how do they function within that ecosystem? There's weeks worth of training. <laughs> yes. So, you know. you totally should probably agree. know how to use Power BI before you can implement it. Well, and I've been getting a lot of questions yeah. from people like, hey, where do I start with Power BI? How do I get going? Like, where, where's the beginning part for me? And I've been actually doing a lot of, I've been going through myself, the Microsoft Learn. There's like a Microsoft Learn areas around Power BI, introduction to Power BI. Sure. Like, to and me. Maybe that's a really good point. I personally I, use like the the framework for this. Yes. Go click, go click on the book, you know, the the ribbon learning help and, and yes that's where that's where this journey starts exactly right so i think i think for me like so i mean i also agree though like if you just gave someone power bi desktop and they're already like love excel and they're already kind of comfortable there like i'm kind of that that's my assumption because that's where i came from if you give them power bi yeah they won't understand filter context immediately they'll understand how to make a sum potentially there might be like a, you need enough information to figure out how to make a measure but going through one of those basic classes shows you how to build a visual, how to load some data, how to create some stuff, you know, go to a dashboard in a day, dashboard in a day class, starts you doing a little bit of data engineering, you get a little flavor of like what can happen in Power Query. And then you get a couple measures, and you're building a couple visuals and rearranging them on the page. 
So it, to me, that covers the fundamentals. So a day solid of just kind of working through that dashboard a day gives you like flavors of what's can happen. But um, later on, I think again, I think I think the the amount of effort you turn you spend learning Power BI is the amount of value you can get out of it. The more you learn Power BI, the more value you can you can extract using that tool. So I, I agree, but how do we create? I guess where I'm getting at is prerequisite for for personal BI, right? Okay, it's the learning tab and and understanding how yep. you build a report and then how you would go view that report right like where where's the push or is this the framework push to say hey once you've built your report go push that out to your workspace because then you can understand that there's a whole component called the service yes because the fundamentals of these things if they follow it all the way through should provide some context for how they would then go to the next level, and I think it is, which is where you start collaboration with team members. Agreed. Right? Yes. But what I've seen, and I have, I have, I have the perfect example every day because my wife started a new job where Power BI is the bank, you know, the thing, and the the leap from personal or technically. She starts in this team framework where she's consuming reports, has some you know experience with other people generating things, and then people are starting to send desktop files to her. And and it it's like okay, well somewhere along the line here we just missed what should have happened, which is we should have had people start in the personal realm, like be a consumer of reports but start in a personal realm so you understand the fundamentals. Because if you don't, then you're not going to be able to work well within this team collaboration area. I think I'm struggling with the question or within the context of the series of the articles. And I'll explain myself here. So not that I necessarily don't agree that you obviously need a starting point from the personal BI, but I'm struggling to isolate it in my head. Mainly because regardless you set personal or team or you, you already run into an organization well used, there has to be, to me, the prerequisite you're talking about, it's not necessarily desktop from implementation. That's a skill. It's expectations in the organization. Because if you're doing the personal BI and that example of people sending desktop files, Obviously, if you're a beginner in Power BI, you're really going to be focused on learning the tool, learning the platform. But if you're in the context of the articles, implementing this in an organization, in a small company, wherever you're doing, with more than one person at a, at a given place, you have to begin to think about and at least have this set up some framework of how you're going to implement it or and have a process and thus have expectations where you have to have something written down you have to have your objectives and goals of what power bi is going to be where hey i have one great report people are using it great i send them the desktop well you have to think a little farther than that especially it not isn't that the intent of this conversation i mean yeah folks, well, could, folks can go in here and read and look look at the diagrams but, sure but what we're I guess where I wanted to take the conversation further is, hey, not necessarily here's a scenario diagram of what personal BI looks like. And this is what team BI looks like. It's the it's the if you're going to come in and, and see these frameworks, sure, 
what are the things we can discuss that enhance or or would level up your understanding of these these points so that when you're going to roll this stuff out you know that the, there are some key things you would want in here yeah right? okay and i guess that's what i'm driving okay so I, yeah, I, I, I would then i would I'll say, iterate the uh, expectations to, but to me this is this feels out of scope of this article like this to me this is not a this is not assuming like this is not assessing your skill levels in team power bi personal not and what i'm saying yeah. it's not what i'm it's not what i'm suggesting i'm not saying like level up or skills or or that we're discussing that i'm saying what are the what is the in between in these diagrams that we can bring forward and say these are key parts that you need to understand if you're going to go implement this gotcha pretty diagram like the success success factors yeah yeah I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll double down on expectations where on each part, whether you're looking at the diagram or you're reading this, it's one thing to internalize that knowledge and what's the content of the articles. But if you're going to actually then set out a plan or set out a process or a project to do so, you have to have the expectations, whether it's just for yourself, for the team, and more importantly, for the organization on what they are going to expect. How will they get the content? How should they know when to look for how long it takes to build uh, any content? How does the team connect to data? When do we expect to, you know, be able to build a report? What? So to me, that's where I would double down. That would be my number, regardless if this is personal BI or enterprise. It, it I think it starts with setting the expectations and making sure they're clearly communicated Here's in, in, internally here's in the organization. That's what I'm, but that's here's what I'm where, saying. but here's where I'm, I'm yeah. getting like you guys. I see what you're saying. I think I understand what you're trying to get to. But my biggest pushback here is while I I see you guys saying these things, you know, like but to me this already it seems that you were establishing that there's an enterprise thing. There's already an enterprise oh. entity or an executive sponsor that's kind of saying we're going to use Power BI. I think that works in certain scenarios where there's a strong enough team to say. Hey, we're going to establish a center of excellence. We're going to have someone from IT lead this initiative. But on the other hands, if there's companies that with just an E5 turned on, all this stuff is like bottom up approaching. Like everyone just automatically has with an E5 a Power BI license. So only the only thing someone needs to do is to navigate to PowerBI.com and be like, oh, what's this thing? Download the software or start working in the service and saying, look at all the value I'm creating. And this is all in a vacuum. There's there's no like top-down approach so, there's no like plan for the organization the, the level it just point. happens I'm not, I'm not i'm not arguing or saying that this has to be an enterprise level thing if you're if you're reading implementation scenarios on the power on microsoft documentation you want to organize what you do or you mm -hmm. want to see whether or not the yeah. wild west in your company is can be where do i fit brought in and 100 and how do we how do we put some things around it or how do i learn what that ecosystem looks like right all mm -hmm. i'm suggesting is within here there's a bunch of nuance of hey if you're brand new and you want to like look at this diagram what are some key things we can impart on people that should be part of that process or should be part of you know potential requirements for this to work effectively and, and to the, your point, if if everyone jumped on the E5 license and you, if you want to have the Darwinian approach of survival of the fittest and everyone's doing their Power BI, how do you make sure in a sense, not that your process or your implementation works, but the right one does? I mean, and I think that's kind of what you're saying. Like you yes. have to set yourself up for success somehow. And I think, I think as, as this becomes more prevalent in your data culture, in your organization, there are decisions that you make. I think there are just key, you know, um, moment in time where you spend more effort to 
move yourself up this direction, right? I think most companies are maybe initially without having a, a lot of planning behind it, start at this personal BI level. We just have a report. I'm building some things that's adding value just for me. I think the next logical thing is, and this is why we teach this when we work with people is don't publish anything to my workspace because it's for you and you alone. If you share it from my workspace, you're immediately creating problems for the organization. So as like for me, some of the, the phase gates to get from personal BI to team BI is, do you ever need to have someone else work with you on this report? Do you ever need to give it to somebody else? If the answer is yes, then team BI is where you sit. So to me, like when you read the descriptions here, I feel like there's very clear like uh, level ups as you go through each one of these. I don't know. I And I think I'm finally, Seth, am I beginning to understand what you're saying? Yes or no? Or come to the dark side. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> I, maybe I'm just missing what you guys are trying to talk about here, but I, I don't see you know any I, issue. You know what I'm realizing? I think you're, so this there is, is no saying. issue. No, 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 no. There's no, we all, yeah. One, we're we saying the same thing, issue. but just different ways. No yeah. No, I like, I no, you're still wrong, Michael. Is, what, what, what I'm hearing you here, let me let me let me use some of uh use different words, please. There, I can't understand two points not understanding. Two, there's two points please I want use to make. different words. Please. One is one is maybe we should just live maybe we should just live in this documentation because it seems to bring the the most uh polar opposite ideas. But secondary, like let me let me use some of the, the trains I've learned over the years. Okay. What I'm hearing you say, Mike. Yes, please is is that the documentation is very clear and organized and would allow you to understand how these frameworks and these things work. I, I think, right? yeah, I, th I think the documentation is it's pretty self-evident self self based and, on the descriptions they give. And I 100% agree with you. So there's, you're saying there's and more things talk, that are missing. If we, read, if we read through the documentation, I think our listeners would be very bored because they could go read the documentation for themselves. What I'm driving at is, having a nuanced conversation around what are the what are the leaps between frameworks or the different things that we would say are important to understand that would enhance somebody's experience of All reading right. through this document this literally took me 45 minutes to figure out what you were trying to say i think i'm there now okay well guy you got 10 yeah, minutes it, to it go it so. may have taken 45 minutes <laughs> Jeez, for me to articulate it in that way right well, okay you know? so, so give me give me some tangible examples you know, give me, give me from, so I, the, the move from, okay. So the personal BI, yes. What, that's why I was asking, what, what's a prerequisite? What are things somebody would need to understand? You, you need to know how to build a report. You need to have a power query. want to encourage people to yes. use my workspace because that's their workspace where they have their reports. Sure. They learn how to publish. Hmm? They can refresh their own data. A free user can use that gateway. You is. don't even need a license like, to get yeah, to that level. Absolutely. Like just, just in right? a vacuum, just but use it. Like those, those are core concepts that when you're going to choose that framework, you're putting a lot of responsibility on the personal user. 100%. Give them learning, right? Here's the bookmark thing we, we want to point out. And it's not just like, hey, I'm going to pick this framework. Boom, go with it. And people have to figure that stuff out on their own. Agreed. What I'm saying is here's the key points for making that framework work successfully. So I'd, the next level, yeah, right, would be, how do I get somebody who understands the personal BI framework to plug into a team BI framework? And what are the different different scenarios that we've seen of, of this being even implemented? And why is this, you know, diagram a, a good form to, to walk through? And we can walk through the different components and talk about the challenges between them. So, okay. 
Good. I'm with you. You want to do this in the next eight minutes? I'm not going to do that in no. eight well, minutes. This okay. is why. This is why we're going to have to do more of these. All this with. Okay, I have a I just, feeling this one's going to take a long time to get through. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think my I'm having a problem with some of the content we're t- or some of the things we're talking about today because I don't think this is a level up scenario where you go from personal to team to I, depart. Okay, I agree. I agree. Okay. But when I say level up, what yeah. I'm saying is, I think it's leveling up. It's 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 very rare, like in this scenario, a level up to, from personal to team. Yeah, like I think it always is going to happen. Yes, right. Unless you're a single person in a company, and sure. Nobody else looks at your reports. Then you're in this. No, but, but no, but, the, but regardless, the case. So, but regardless, that, everyone's got. If you come into this from from no from knowing nothing, you have to you have to understand the phantom fundamentals of what personal BI is. Right. I have to understand what Power Query is. I got to understand how to make a model, and then you know. I need to start learning at the at some level of like okay let's break the model and the thin reports apart so to me i see this as as you work your way up personal team departmental and enterprise all you're doing is you're adding more training more structure around the core things that you already know at personal bi level things tommy you're going to tell me you're going to tell me you're going to have a departmental guy roll in here and not have power query experience departmental bi that's what i'm saying though that's but, but that's, that's a, not what I'm saying. That's a prerequisite for much Tommy? earlier in the power in the in the personal BI you stuff. So you were so close to the dark side, Tommy. Why are you moving <laughs> yeah. away from me? No, because you're you're making the assumption if you're personal BI, that means that it's one, it's only one necessarily person doing their own thing. Those the skills of filter context, <laughs> DAX measures, personal. Yeah, I hold mean, on. All those things are relevant at the personal BI level and should be started there first because I don't want to hire people into departmental BI if they don't understand filter context. No, but you're but that personal person because the things that they talk about in the documentation for the personal BIs don't use your work. You know, don't use your own workspace. You know, choice of author. No, it says tools. use your own workspace. Well, I don't know. Oh, the reliance on the personal workspace it's personal yes. BI. as the analytical sandbox but that's for like it's it's very much for like myself my own 100 you right personal but, sure but what i'm a uh, person okay, you're like trying, one person like uno hey, right, uh, what is it in hoping. italian due no uno una una yes. yeah see one, yes. one person persona all right personality <laughs> yeah <laughs> hold on but let, let, let's take a step back take a step back personal bi the connotation is I'm doing it for me or for like, yes. not necessarily that I'm mm-hmm. delivering yes. 100%. for the company. Yes. So for you, for you. Right. But I think in a lot of situations in my head, if you're doing power BI at a company, you're not just doing it for yourself. We're there's exactly a, my point. Yes. You've oh are, what you just described, okay, so. what you just described is team or organizational or dep- like you, what you've done is you, you're, no. you're mixing terms. Because you, what you described there is automatically a no, different right. group. No, I'm not, no, I'm not mixing terms. You can be doing the t- uh, enter, uh, departmental BI, but only be one person. Sure. Okay. But it's it's how it's the content you create and how it's, it's being shared is what's delineated between the two. Yes. You're implementing the, the content. It doesn't necessarily mean you have a team on every department, which I think there's scenarios for that. But you have to. What I was trying to say who knows when in this conversation was if you are developing power bi organization you need to set up the process and the expectations for the company because at some point that's going to break if you're doing it just for yourself if i'm just doing power query right well i should have a process set up for it to scale 
And you need to be thinking about that. Not that I'm building one report today, but I'm probably going to have 20 reports next year. And how are those going to be managed? But I don't, think I should you, be thinking about that as one person. You should, if be. I'm the one yeah. deploying content. But I think you learned that so, perspective so, so after you've been doing it for a while. I, I think you're conflating parts of the article. Yes. Right? What you're talking about is content management and deployment. Yes. We're talking about collaboration right now. Okay. Yes. You can be a single person that very hard manages, to on your own, but yes. manages company information and reporting and deploys it to mm -hmm. the company at, at which place, at which point I think all of us are in agreement <laughs> that that doesn't come from my workspace. Yes. Right? Exactly. <laughs> right. Yes. We're there's where we can, yeah, there's our level ground. So no, now, but, now yeah. that we've taken the first podcast to <laughs> walk through the overview and maybe two parts of the content collaboration and delivery. <laughs> it feels like this is going well, to be an ample, a number of other topics we're going to kind of walk through here as we, We'll, we'll we'll hone in on some more of these key areas. I wonder if this actually speaks to the complexity of this or we're just that dumb. Like the reason why all of us are in a sense not being able to no, no, I don't, connect on a I don't lot think, of this. I don't think it's because we're dumb. A I think a lot of pieces. Yes. Yeah. I think there's perspectives the, the, that we have on this too, right? Your experience has yeah. taught you a certain way of thinking about how this works. And I think the fact that we have very different background experiences leading different teams to do different stuff has... It affected how we perceive these things and i think that's why this is a good article because it's actually defining like written down certain areas that are like and again this is and again from matthew roach's comments this is an article that's heavily written by melissa coates melissa has worked with many large organizations right. that have spent a ton of time and these are like the common patterns that are observed across many organizations so i feel like yes these are generally what's applicable but if you know, going into the nuance of the of the items here like what is personal bi what does that really mean you know what what are the what are the checkpoints or the the items or how do you know when you're starting to verge on getting into team bi kind of stuff those are those might be a little bit debatable depending on what your experience with the organization has been and and i 100 percent right and that's where like one of the personal bi things i i would say is like core tenants how do you go through the learning yes learn power bi desktop but learn the service parts and and you know some comments you know in, in the youtube chat as well like most people don't understand the service or what it's for or that they can refresh things or like there's a whole area that they don't understand or how to use effectively so how if you drop them into a team collaboration environment would would they be able to be effective mm -hmm. or understand how to collaborate with one another effectively because that's part of an implementation is you want to make sure that if you are setting up a framework for team collaboration that people aren't sending pbix files all around to each other right. because they don't know that the service even exists yes yes right yeah and I, no I, I like where that's going because i i think about this in the context of if i was personal and just starting off at the company doing this in my head, I would want to be not necessarily preparing for the next level or the evolution of the BI team from yeah, one to no, three, where I am creating data flows or I am having these master reference tables if they don't exist. So when the company or the team does expand, because it probably will, that we're ready for that. 
But at the same time, I could say in this scenario between these two collaboration things, if I'm bringing somebody new onto the team, like our friend, our part of our implementation is that they understand how to how to navigate right. and work through the personal BI workspace, and maybe you set up some some like quick tests of things. Hey, what I would like you to do is go create a report, connect to this data source, publish it to your workspace, set up a scheduled refresh, and then let me know when you're done, and we'll review it. Because that yeah. forces them through that process, sure. so that they can become more effective within their own ecosystem. Right. Right. And then move on to the team collaboration one where maybe next time we, we pick up and talk about like the different parts of that ecosystem, because I think there's a lot of components that many folks may, may not even know are available to them. Correct. Teams, and, for instance. Yeah. And, right? and like right. all the different areas within that framework that can be utilized to make a really effective implementation team implementation. Sure. And my argument is you shouldn't, if you bring on someone to your team or change, you shouldn't have to change your entire implementation strategy just because you added one person. It should be able to, in a sense, saying you are no, no, no. But I'm saying like, have, yes, like everything you said, I agree with, but in my head, I'm also thinking you should also have a framework where it can adapt and you're not necessarily starting over again. Like, well, I've done everything this way. Right. I agree. And just for me. Yeah. And, that's, and, know, that's, and now that we add another person, now we have to change the data sources and the connections and correct. also how we're, you know, well, doing it. Eh, and if it. Right. I don't know. Well, no, well, I, hold on. I'm not going to, I'm not going to hundred percent agree with you on that one because or if you, yeah. Or the spokes conversation. Yeah. So uh, it shouldn't change everything that your centralized BI team did. I mean, the, the, there should be an extension of. Agreed. I think, I, again, that's why I think a lot of this stuff builds on itself. Right. Right. There's so, an, yeah. There's an evolution. If I had to do this right, one of the things I would want to do is if we're if I'm an organization, I would want to say someone shows up, we're going to use Power BI. Here's the bare minimum. In order for you to get the Power BI license, even to turn it on for you, here's what I'd like you to go do. Go to Microsoft mm -hmm. Learn, go through this yeah. article. Here, read this thing about the 101s of Power BI. How many people get Power BI without even going through that? Like again, to your point, Seth, no one understands there's a service. No one understands there's a workspace. Just knowing those things are there are already you're going to act like a personal BI person until you need to be a team BI person. And then at that moment, you start emailing Power BI PBX files around or putting them on shared drives and saying, open this up and refresh the data. Like that introduces a whole nother layer of problems. But then now you're, you're, you're trying to solve a team BI problem with a bunch of personal BI scenarios that doesn't work. So having that education level to show, okay, here's where I fit and how to expand this. And I would also argue too, someone in the chat was saying the different, as you go up in these different data sources, personal team at departmental enterprise, your data sources likely change as well. Because if you're in personal BI, you're probably not getting access to the SQL server that has all the data in it or production level things. And you probably don't have an enterprise data warehouse that's collecting a bunch of data from the ERP system and shaping it for data things, right? So there's potential other infrastructure pieces that you will get access to as you move up in these different levels because there is more ETLing or transformations sure. of data that need to occur outside of Power BI. Right. So to me, like there's a, there's a lot of other considerations here that I'm having an aha moment about right now. So we used to share back in the day Power Query code and we would save the text files mm -hmm. in a shared folder for our BI team again before data flows existed. It was for like our master, like our, our accounts and their partner status. And the thing it wasn't in SQL. So I had to go through yep. three different queries and for every report, 
and you i think you couldn't copy and paste a query back in the day yep and so we literally share this code it's like you have to implement this every single time yep and then when something changed i say that because again i think regardless of what level you're at or what part of the evolution you're at you need to be thinking for like the the greater scale where if you were enterprise, do you have something at least set up where the, the machine can keep working, where you're not pausing or breaking if there's an you have to adapt? So I think I think this is why you want to listen to the Explicit Measures podcast, because you don't know what you don't know. You don't like, yes, how, or, like read the article beforehand. or or read the article, whatever. <laughs> but I mean, I think I think that's why you engage with people that are a, a little bit ahead of you in different implementations, because they're going to tell you about things that you're just not aware of. Like it's, right. it's important to be touching with or connecting with or, or talking to other people that are like, you know, in a community. And this is why I think community is extremely important. User groups are extremely important because these are other individuals that have different experiences, different backgrounds. They have different pitfalls they've run into that you can learn from. And so I think, it, Tommy, if I if you told me, you know, you need to be thinking more enterprise when I first got into Power BI, I'd be like, baloney. I don't don't need that. I'm just going to build what I need to build and produce what I need to produce and share it through PowerBit.com. I'm not thinking about process and governance and like rolling things out. I'm not thinking about deployment pipelines. When I got into this whole space, I was like, forget IT. They don't know what they're doing. They're just taking too long. Slowing yeah. me down. That was Seth. Slowing me down. Seth was from the IT. I was like, Seth, you just slow me down. You're going too slow. <laughs> we need to be more nimble. We need to move faster. Clipping my wings. And, and now after being in it a longer a period of time and now working with more organizations, I'm the opposite now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. But you, but you've also changed too, Seth. You've you've gone the, like a bit more my direction. Like you've been like, hey man. Yes, we need think, process. Think like the business, act like IT. Think like oh man, that's a great phrase. <laughs> so, so we just went like this. You know? Yes, yeah. I mean, we. I think we've met more in the middle though. Like I think we were both very on yeah. very far end of the spectrum. Like super process, super slow. Like just get do it right. And on the other hand, I'm like go super fast no rules let's get it done and like that's not neither one of those ways are 100 percent right and so what we're seeing now is the tooling is getting is getting so amazing it's so good now that you're able to see and meet in the middle now we can have quick moving prototyping as well as plans for governance and management of content moving forward wow my last question and then uh, we'll, we'll go super quick but none of this adoption stuff really existed with the ssrs our classical bi conversation right i mean it was all, yeah but there is none the, of this complexity man yeah right? okay. like it yeah. literally was that, the yeah. delivery mechanism for yes. reporting and that's it right that was yeah. it yeah right like the the only you, you had a few features that allow like um let me auto generate the email and send out a report right on a dynamic attribute you know i mean right but even then still parameters and the report. Yeah, that's, that's about it. Man. But even to get to SSRS, right? The tooling was free to go to create an SSRS, but the server to run the SSRS report on was not free. Right. And to do SSRS reporting, you had to no, have you still need Visual Studio. I think they eventually spit it off into bids, which would. OK, it's a, it's a free. But free even framework, but. but that's but that's my point there. Power BI is free. You can download it for free. You can start for you can use my workspace oh, for free. Wildly different, and right. that's and I think that's the where your ecosystems at your fingertips for free. Yeah, right. and I think that's right. there's everything an, you need to yeah. take data and make meaning out of it. Yes, <laughs> I know, right? Well, the, the, the tools have changed the game now. We we have we have clearly uh, burned through plenty of time on this one, so we probably should wrap now. Have any other final thoughts? Should we should we wrap up for final right. thoughts here? So 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 to wrap up today, we covered the introduction. 
uh, personal paragraph. bi and next time we'll talk <laughs> about team bi <laughs> wow we, we that was that was hard i think uh we were on we were all over the page on that one anyways uh for everyone who was listening i hope you found some value in what we were talking about <laughs> as opposed to us just arguing the entire time so i guess it's you know we'll see maybe this makes good for Maybe this is more of an entertaining episode as an versus an informative one. <laughs> but everyone, thank you for uh, commenting in the chat. Uh, we appreciate you uh, participating and sharing your thoughts and your visions around these articles and things as well. So we really appreciate your time. Great comments. Uh, thank you all for participating. Our only ask of this, if you found value from this, if you got a couple laughs out of it uh, and you felt this was helpful for what you were learning or uh, digesting about Power BI, we recommend or we really ask you know, subscribe, hit the bells. That way, you know, we're, um, we're going to be live, but we also recommend just share it. If you would please share it on social media, whether LinkedIn or uh, Twitter or whatever social media platform you use. Um, just let us know how you engage with the content and just, uh, we appreciate you. Thank you very much. Uh, Tommy, where else can you find the podcast? Yeah, you can find the podcast anywhere podcasts are available, Apple, Spotify. We have a whole library now. And to Mike's point, we've seen some great feedback this week and we really appreciate it. It's a huge help for us when you spread the word. So do us throw us a bone if you want. If you really do enjoy this, please share it, spread the word. We love the conversation. And if you're listening now, make sure to join us live for the conversation. Yes, Sometimes, yes, yeah, so usually there's a, a pretty awesome conversation on the live chat. It helps you when you're having your morning coffee or whatever you're doing, your espresso or your water, however, whatever tea you like. So that's where I'm going to end because that's an. <laughs> and we're done right. with the words. Bever we're beverage? <laughs> you know, whatever you yeah, need. I had no rope. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, thank you all very much, and we'll see you next week.